Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Here's what James wrote, and uh, the brother of Christ. Uh, I'm going to read chapter 2, verse 14, all the way through to 26. So I haven't done, read this much in a long, long, long time, but uh, let me start reading. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Now, at first glance, when people read that, they're like, well, of course, faith, we are saved by faith. Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead, dead faith. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God? You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble, but do not you know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working? Look at this verse. Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works, faith was made perfect or mature. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was Rahab the harlot also justified made righteous by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Well, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. There's several people. Jeff DeWitt had major heart surgery today. He's doing fine. Thank God. A uh, man by the name of Ash had knee surgery there are others that are in the hospital that need our prayers. Those of you online, there are some of you that need a touch in your body. We're believing for you that God's going to touch you right now. Would everybody here just pray with us? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God Almighty, help us to fulfill your word. May we have righteous works, O Lord God as a result of our faith. I pray in Jesus' name 
that none of us would have inactive or dead faith. God bless your people. Bless Jeff and Ash, God, and bless Sharice, Lord, who has cancer on her kidney. God, this missionary, God, minister to her in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God Almighty, for Susan Natoli, God, we speak your healing over her body in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, for every other person, God, that someone is thinking about that they have on their heart right now, God, minister to them in Jesus' name. And we thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Bless them in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right. Faith is proved by our works. That's what James is saying to us through this scripture. Was James contradicting what Paul's doctrine of justification by faith was all about? No. A close study of the writings of Paul and of James here in chapter 2 was let us see they are in perfect agreement. Uh, both believed, Paul and James believed in the works of godliness. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Of course, Paul writing this scripture under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have. Look at this. For every one of us may have all of us should have an abundance of every good work. Amen? That's a good place to say amen, all right? Look at it again, that all of us may have an abundance of good works. And so your life and mine should be evidenced by good works. Paul saying this, in agreement with James chapter 2. Ephesians, of course, here we go with Paul again, Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Why don't you say it with me? Good works, good works. God wants us all to walk in good works, all right? Titus chapter 3, verse 8, let's go to that one. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. All right, so Paul and James both believed in saving faith, but they also believed in good, godly works. So that should be the evidence of our lives. We should be doing good things. Uh, we should, even simple things like paying your bills on time. It got quiet, just dropped up through the bottom right there, paying our bills on time. Uh, doing things right, uh, uh, making sure that uh, our testimony is good in the eyes of others. I mean, you'd think paying bills on time. Well, what's the big deal, Pastor? I, I, uh, so I'm late on a regular basis. Well, that's not a good testimony. 
Um, when I was growing up, there were things about the church and preachers I didn't know until later. I got older, and I discovered that uh, preachers were considered by bankers as a poor, poor loan risk. It was common knowledge among bankers. If you got a preacher coming in, you better be careful with that loan because preachers have a bad reputation. I was in shock because uh, that was not my view of preachers, and, and yet I had never loaned them money either and never had them not pay it back. Maybe it was because the churches were not paying them what they should have been paying them. Maybe it was because they were nearly start. In some cases, they were barely, barely getting by. But when I heard that, I determined in my heart, after I was called into ministry, I determined that was not ever going to be the case with me or this church. Now, uh, have you, pastor, ever been late on a bill? That's none of your business, all right? So, I mean... Um, it, most cases, I'm telling you, I want, I've got, we've got good credit. We want to pay our bills on time. We want to give, and uh, we want to bless God. But I determined when I came to this church, and especially after being pastor, I already had this belief, but my attitude was, no, we're not going to pay bills on time. We are not going to pay bills on time. We are going to pay bills before they are due so that we shock people and help change that testimony of churches and preachers. I don't want a bad testimony. I mean, if you don't want a bad testimony, then do right and be right and do good works regardless of what it is, from paying bills to whatever it is in life. And then James says in verse 5, Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? Both of them believed in saving faith, which he promised to those who love him. Paul, when he's writing, he has in mind the root of salvation. James has in his mind the fruit of salvation. You see how important that is. Don't you realize there are people that uh, they say they're born again, and then their testimony, there's no change whatsoever. And for people that know them, they sometimes comment, well, they said they gave their life to the Lord, but I don't see any change in their life. Now, let me tell you, I believe with all my heart, no, we may not become perfect on day one, but when we're born again, things are different, amen? I mean, when you're truly born again. I mean, I don't know, there are some people that may just say a prayer, don't mean it, uh, uh, not really experience the new birth, but when you're truly born again, there is going to be a change. How many of you, when you were born again, there was a change in your life, all right? I mean, people notice your life. Uh, you notice, when I was born again at the age of 19, it was on a Tuesday afternoon. Guess what I did on Wednesday night? I went to church. Did I usually go to church on Wednesday night? You got to be kidding me. Absolutely not. I didn't usually go on Sunday if I could get out of it. 
And yet, I'm there on Wednesday night. And all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm excited uh, to be there. And everything about it is exciting. And, and I go to the altar, and, and they loved it because hardly anybody ever went to the altar. And I went to the altar, and I was just praying. People gathered around me. They were praying for me. And I got to tell them, I got born again. And uh, my life changed from that point on. It helped clean my mouth up, all right? It uh, helped in every way. I was happy. The next day after I got saved, I was on the farm working on the tractor. I was singing. It was glorious. I would go visit other churches, uh, and one church I went to, they gathered around me. I was the only one there. They gathered around me like a, a wagon train. I mean, they were all praying. I'm in the middle just enjoying it and, uh, and experiencing the, the love of God. God changes us when we're truly born again. And so thank God for what Paul is saying. But after that initial experience, then we begin to walk out. We walk out things in our life according to the word of God. When I first became youth pastor here, uh, there was a young man that uh, started coming to the church. He was demon-possessed. And uh, literally, I'm not kidding you, he was demon-possessed. Uh, and when I first walked in and saw Danny, he was sitting on the back row, and he looked around at me. Weird. And uh, so I, I began to take note of Danny, and one night Danny came to the altar, and a bunch of men gathered around him, and he slumped to the floor slumped to the floor, and God delivered him of demonic spirits. He was living in a drug house. He went, he was still, he went home to the drug house. They're all doing drugs. A couple of nights later, he's sitting on his bed, worshiping God while they're all doing drugs. Gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, begins to speak in tongues in his bedroom in a drug house, and his life uh, began to change. And I went to meet with him, and he sat, sit down with me, sat down with me, and he said, um, he was really a little nervous, and he says, uh, uh, I want to ask you a question. Um, he says, um, you know, I really love the Lord or something like this. And he said, uh, I, got, I got a girlfriend. Um, and he said, is it? And I said, Danny, no, it's not. Because I knew what he was going to ask me. He said, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. And so uh, he was immediately convicted of his lifestyle and, uh, and began to walk away from the lifestyle he was practicing at that point. So James is talking about good works that, that are played out in our life as a result of genuine faith in our heart. So Paul is dealing with the beginning of the Christian life. James is dealing with the continuation of the Christian life. Paul is condemning dead works. Paul is. James is condemning dead faith. So these are playing hand in hand together. Faith uh, in James chapter 2, verse 14. Let's look at it as a practical principle. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith and does not have works? Can faith save him. Now, 
in one sense, of course, but we're talking about not genuine faith. We're talking about mental assent. Uh, we're talking about the kind of faith that is nothing more than a mental intellectual acceptance, uh, but not a genuine faith of the heart. Because genuine faith will be played out in a person's life through genuine godly works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. You know this verse. It says, far by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Then Paul says, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So works don't come, godly works don't come first. No, they follow the work of gr the grace through faith that has saved us, and now we're born again. We're not born again through works. There are some religions still today that tell people they've got to do these different things in order to get to heaven. No, we don't have to do these things to get to heaven. We do these things because we have faith in our life and in, in Christ our Savior because we love the Lord. We help people. We pray for people. We encourage people. We, uh, we do the good works that we should. We keep a good testimony. So for whatever saves us uh, must change us. Therefore, all right, let's go on to, to Christ's words in Matthew chapter 7, verse 20. Therefore, by their fruit, you will know them. Now, boy, that, that's the words of Christ. Uh, and no different, literally, than the words of under the anointing and direction of the Holy Spirit that Paul wrote, that James wrote. But we, we give some uh, a different efforts uh, to it or, or meaning to it just because it was Christ, but they're all the same. The Word of God is all the same. Therefore, by their fruit, you shall know them. Okay. We are looking. See, we're, listen, we are not to become fruit inspectors, all right? So, we're not to become judges of fruit. We're not to go around like, well, they don't have any fruit. Oh, look at them. They don't. They don't have any fruit. And we say, oh, they're a fruity Christian. All right, so uh, uh, yeah, they got all kind of fruit over there and there. Look at them. Look at them go. Wow, they're fruity. All right, so we know uh, we can examine fruit uh, or recognize fruit, but we are not to examine in the sense of judgment or evaluation. No, we're to examine and praise to God for the fruit. Amen? So true works are an evidence to all, to all of true faith. All right, uh, let me, uh, guys, I'm going to skip around a little bit. A lack of works is sure proof of a lack of faith. A lack of works, genuine godly works, is a lack of sheer proof of, of genuine faith. Now, and then all the way to the bottom, guys, no man will ever be moved to action without faith. No man's faith is real until it moves him to action. All right, so in other words, uh, don't tell me that, yes, I'm born again, 
but uh, I don't pray. I don't go to church. I don't love people. I don't pray for people. I don't encourage people. Uh, I just uh, am sitting here waiting on Jesus to come back. No, get up and get busy for the kingdom of God. Do something. Bless people. Be a blessing in the kingdom, in the church family, and outside of the church family. Do it. Do it, do it, do it. The little things. Uh, and um, I, this, is, uh, um, this is something that is so easy to do. It is so very easy to do, to help people. Uh, and I love helping people. And, and when people are in need on the highway, um, you know, I, I have to be careful. And I know that. But when I was single, I was, you know, I would pick up any hitchhiker. Uh, I picked up Paul one time, Paul the Apostle, and uh, he was uh, sitting in the front seat. I asked him his name. He said, my name is Paul. And I said, Paul who? And there was a Bible there in my car. He said, Paul in the Bible. And I'm like, dear Lord, I'm driving Paul. And uh, he's come back to earth. And uh, I, I met some real genuine characters out there. And uh, it was fun. I picked up one guy. Uh, we were on our way somewhere, and by my mom's house, we stopped at mom's house, spent the night. We let him stay there in uh, mom's house. I had no idea. who He could have been a serial killer for all I know, but God protected us. So doing those things, but when you get married and you have kids, you have to be careful about those kind of things, but you can still do them when your wife and the kids are not there. And so... Uh, I know one time I went by this, this lady. She was on the side of the road, University Boulevard. It was obvious she was out of gas, and nobody was stopping to help her, and there was really no real place to pull over. And so I felt sorry for her. I turned around, and, and I parked off the side of the road, and, and she said, I'm out of gas. And I said, okay, well, you get in and steer, and I'll push you. And there was a cut through in the road. And uh, the gas station was, it was like a half a mile. And so I began to push her car right by myself. People were zipping by. Maybe some of you went by. And so I, I'm not sure, but I was pushing this car. It was hot. I'm pushing, pushing. And I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself as I'm pushing and I'm, you know, it's getting, you know, more and more uh, painful uh, pushing this car. And I'm thinking, okay, she's going to turn into the cutaway. Oh, no. She goes right by the cutaway. I'm like, dear God, she's headed for the gas station. And so I'm like, oh, my Lord. People don't always do what you want them to do when you help them. Uh, one time I got out and helped a lady, and, and uh, she had a van, and I was pushing it. And, and a guy, next, it was dark, and he shows up over there, and he started helping push. He said, how are you doing, Pastor? And I'm like, all right, I got a Christian here helping me with good works. It's wonderful to be able to help people, even in the small things of life. Say amen. It's so wonderful to bless people, and it's so easy. I'm not talking about pushing. You ladies, don't, I don't recommend getting out in your high heels and pushing cars, all right, or your flats, either one. But uh, you can do other things that are helping in people and blessing people and are good works and signs of good things. Satan's desire. You know what it is? It basically boils down to this. Dead churches, dead faith, and dead works. 
That's his desire. Dead churches, dead faith, and dead works, all right? And unfortunately, he has plenty of dead churches across the world. We are not gonna ever be a dead church, amen? We're gonna be a live church doing good things, walking in great faith and good works. Dead, what does that word mean in relationship to James here? It means barren. In other words, the faith of a person that is not involved in works, it is barren, it is idle, it is yielding no return because of inactivity. You know, some people that are depressed need to help somebody else, and it would help their depression. Some people that are so focused on themselves because of their problem need to get out and help somebody else that has more problems than they do, or even less problems than they do, and, uh, and bless them, and they will discover blessing. Uh, sowing that into others brings a reaping into their own lives and mind. There are some people that are sick. Now, I'm not saying all, but there are some people that are sick because they are too inner-focused on themselves and looking for somebody else always to do them good instead of them getting up and doing good to others, all right? You don't have to have a bunch of money to do good to others. You can do good to others without any money, all right? James chapter 2, verse 17. L just listen to these verses. Thus, also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. It's idle. It's inactive. But verse 20, but do you not do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? And he keeps, James keeps repeating this in verse 22. Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect or grew and matured. Verse 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Also, all right, talk is cheap, folks. Action and godly works, uh, it should be evident and abundant in all of our lives. Uh, uh, are we honest and fair? Do we pay our obligations? Uh, do we make sure that our testimony is right before God? Trust or faith in God comes by the word. Uh, some time ago, I started, I picked up a book. I, um, at the time we were selling it in our bookstore, I'm not sure it's there now, but uh, Living in Divine Health was the name of the book. And I started reading it and I got captivated because it was talking about eating vegetables and fruit and exercise to help, you know, ward off sickness and and that cabbage was good for you, and it was a good thing. I love cabbage, and red, or used to. Red, or red grape juice, uh, no fiber in the diet, uh, they said could cause cancer. And so, uh, so many people, a lot of teenagers, they, they, they get very little fiber. Uh, they are into hamburgers, and I was too, but not uh, salads and that kind of thing. So I believed, when I read that book, I found myself believing it, and I was captivated by it. I believed it. I had faith in that book. I could not wait to get home that day to eat some cabbage. 
when you have faith in something and believe in something, it will produce good works. In this case, eating cabbage. So believing here in the word produced good fruits. That's just a simple little example of believing this, having faith in this, produces good works. It just happens. It, you know, if I had read that book and I said to someone, hey, you, boy, you need to read this. This is an incredible book and you need to do it. But I never did anything about it. I believed that book. I had mental acknowledgement of that book, but I never put it into practice. So did I really believe it? It was only a mental acknowledgement. It was not a belief or a faith that caused me to have corresponding action. And so God help us to have faith and belief and corresponding godly action. Faith grows. Second Thessalonians, and we're about to finish. Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse three. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren. Paul writing, of course, as it is fitting because your faith grows. Your faith grows. Your faith grows exceedingly, he said. And the love of every one of you, notice this, the faith is growing and it produces love in you that abounds toward each other. Now, let me stop right there because if there are people you don't love, if there are people you don't love, your faith is not growing. <laughs> you need to leave this place and determine I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to do them good. Uh, I'm going to love them. Love your enemies. I'm going to love them. I'm going to let love abound toward them. I'm going to change my attitude toward that person. Your faith grows. It produces abundance. Expanding, growing love for others is one evidence. Faith is growing but faith needs to be fed. And as we feed it, it grows and produces more and more. And that's one of the reasons why it's, I, I, you know, not everybody in this church is perfect. and Actually, nobody is, sorry, so, uh, including me. Uh, but we're all growing and we are desiring good works. Um, one of the things about last year that um, it was, whew, it was uh, pretty heavy duty, mental, emotional, but it provided some of the greatest opportunities this church has ever had. Um, last year, I was so sad about not having Easter services and then Mother's Day services, and yet, what we came up with by the help of God to have a Mother's Day drive-through celebration 
giving them chocolate, giving them a rose, providing a meal for them and their whole family on that Saturday, I think was the most fun I'd ever had at a Mother's Day service ever in my life. It was incredible. It was good. It was good. And uh, in the midst of whatever we face, we can still do good. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.